Jack, Levi, the book club from hell. Hello everyone, this is Jack with the book club from hell. Proud Juche fellow travellers, prepped and excited for world revolution. Comrade Kim Goes Flying is a North Korean romantic comedy film, a co-production between the Korea Film Export and Import Corporation, a Belgian production company, and Choreo Group, a British travel company based in Beijing which specialises in tourism into North Korea. Released in 2012 at the Toronto Film Festival, Comrade Kim Goes Flying is about Comrade Kim Yong-mi, a rural coal miner whose dream is to be a trapeze artist in Pyongyang. In the process of the realisation of her dream, we, the audience, get to witness a strangely Oedipal relationship between one character and his mother, synchronised applause, frequent footage of construction and heavy industry, and much more. Most excitingly of all, I was joined for this episode by Edward, who filled in for Levi. Speaking of Juche, if you like what we're doing with this podcast and want to support us, we have a Patreon account, the link to which is in the show notes. People on Patreon can access the notes I make for episodes, so long as that episode warrants coherent notes, so if you want more information on the books or manifestos we've covered, you can find it there. As well as that, we're going to start releasing bonus episodes for Patreon subscribers, more details to come shortly. I've also published a novel called Tower, a surreal, absurd journey involving the medical treatment of souls, a tower who remakes the world in its image, amphetamines, and a talking briefcase. You can find Tower on Amazon or on Apple Books, links to which are in the show notes. I also want to give a shout out to Isaac Bell Holmstrom, one of our listeners who has been writing poetry, which you can find at isaacbhpoetry.wordpress.com, link in the show notes. Also, I want to say thank you to Hamp AD for doing the artwork for recent episodes, as well as for redesigning our logo. They look great. So, if you're ready to exceed your daily coal mining quota by 120%, then listen on. Enjoy. So I watched Comrade Kim on a couple of nights ago, and then I watched the, the first 57 minutes again this morning, mm. and um, I feel like I have a, <laughs> a better grasp on it. Not that it's a particularly complex story, but... There were some minor details I hadn't noticed. But I think above all, like the best parts of the film are just like just bizarre scenes that like don't really make any sense. I think that the the chief one was the interaction with the guy who's driving to the kindergarten. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, who who what's his commander sock gun? Or sock gun. Oh, oh, does I, he even name, does he? I'm a I'm a fantastic Korean speaker. But uh, <laughs> I might get some of these names wrong. But yeah. I spelled the name as S O K G U N Sok Gun Sok Gun. I, I don't think, think I really paid attention I to his think name. That's Commander Sok Gun that she just ran into. Before we get into mm. details of the plot, though, which is very intricate, we put Thomas Thompson <laughs> to shame. We should probably say what Commander Kim goes flying is, because <laughs> Comrade Kim, Comrade Kim goes oh, flying. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a. It's a very special film. It's a North Korean romantic comedy mm-hmm. from <laughs> released in 2012, and it's this co-production between the Belgian production company Another Dimension of an Idea and the Korea Film Export and Import Corporation, <laughs> as well as a British travel company. And <laughs> this British travel company, the Choreo Group, mm. th- this is the fourth film they've they've co-produced with North Korea. Really? Yeah. (laughs) 
It's uh, it's particularly this one guy, Nicholas Bonner, who was one of the three directors of this film. He visited North Korea in 1993 and since then has been travelling to the country regularly mm. and keeps co-directing films with the, the North Korean film industry. So he seems very taken with North Korea, which always says know, good things about a person. Do we know much? I mean, I had a bit of a Google of him, and I read like an interview or two with him about the film. But do we know, like, does he have an ideological sympathy for North Korea, or does he just like the place? It's hard to say. because. It... So, full disclosure, I've never been to North Korea. but Neither. I haven't, I haven't heard particularly good things about it. But maybe he sees something in the, the country. He is involved in foreign tourism into North Korea, so maybe he just is very, very taken with the landscape or the urban beauty of Pyongyang. But Is it he, his travel company? Yeah, is he's involved with the travel company that keeps co-producing right. films with, <laughs> with North Korea. He... You would expect he'd have some sort of ideological sympathy because it's probably not that lucrative a business being a, no. a North Korean <laughs> travel operator. Is it? Apparently Maybe I'm the completely budget, wrong. Well, I don't know. But I mean, apparently the budget for this film was a million bucks. Mm. Um, I would be inter- interested to know if it made that back. Like, a million bucks is not very much to make a film. Mm. So, mm. Uh, and it actually got... It actually was screened at like a number of international film festivals. Oh, like I can't remember like the famous it one in London. Premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012. <laughs> it was also at the Pyongyang International Film Festival. More importantly. Mm, more importantly. <laughs> it's some um, I, I would have to think that there would be some kind of I don't know, ideological component to him because he can't I mean, okay, to judge from the film itself. He can't be obsessed with North Korea for the beauty of the place. It did mm. not look like a very nice place to live. Mm. Mm. They did try very hard to make Pyongyang look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. there, there was this. There was this one scene where um, what's uh, what's her name? Yong Mi. I'm so I find Korean names really hard to remember, but I'm trying really hard. Yong Mi, the film's heroine. When mm. she's driven into Pyongyang for the first time, because she's from a small coal mining oh, I love that. village. Yeah. And the the stand-in of the the naive, good-natured and hardworking working class in North Korea. She she points out the window and goes, Oh, look, it's the Juche Tower. And it's this <laughs> <laughs> like a stick <laughs> rising out of the ground. <laughs> they go out of their way to try to make Pyongyang look wonderful, but it it is quite uninspiring. Yeah, it's pretty, and probably more depressing because they're going out of their way to make it look good. Like, if yeah. that's the best that Pyongyang has to offer, a pretty drab. I mean, tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the um, EUR district in uh, Rome, like mm. the the the, the, fa- the the fascist sort of city that was built for the uh, abortive 1942 World's Fair, but. It, it, but it doesn't even have any of the cool fascist architecture that you get there. So it's just like concrete and ugly shit. Yeah, to me, it looks a lot like Banel Arc in Czech Republic, like a really big Banel Arc. The, uh, the, the, the communist like, large apartment blocks. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, 
So we should probably talk, we should probably say what the film is about. So like the film is about a, <laughs> a little I girl. Reckon, I reckon this film has has enough to its plot that we probably could do a run through of its plot. Yeah, because yeah. It, okay. it is Let's it's sufficiently inspiring that Yeah. Okay, so I, I can't help myself. I'm I'm a millennial, so I don't believe in anything and I find it extremely distressing to express my emotions clearly. So everything is, <laughs> is doused in irony. So I would like to offer this before I talk about the film further that I did actually enjoy this film. Uh, perhaps not for the not for the reasons that the people involved in making it intended, but it's short, it's good natured, and it's extremely funny in probably an unintentional way. In its this this bizarre naivety that mm, that really yeah. soaks every aspect of the film, the bizarre characterization, the warp speed character development. <laughs> the some some scenes are kind of mystifying, particularly the relationship between one character and his mother is. Yeah, I initially thought it was his girlfriend because okay, so I watched this movie at a like a shitty resolution, and this <laughs> might go some of the way to explaining this, but I initially thought both based on how they look, you know, this this man <laughs> and his mother. Because they look roughly the same age, I thought that they were <laughs> married or boyfriend and girlfriend or something. And the way that he interacts with her too made mm. me suspect that they were having sex, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> yeah, she's um, there are she's so many parts of this him. this film that are really great and would would make me recommend this to people. Yeah, like the way she chastises him in like for drinking too much, and then like I uh, what I I think I can sort of get why she could be the mum, but he sort of looked a bit too old for whatever age yeah, he, he was looks even like meant he's 40 to be. Or something. Yeah, he looks like this <laughs> kind of like not. I mean, I wouldn't say like out of shape, but like he, I don't prosperous. feel like he was. I don't feel like he was as handsome as they intended him to be. Like, He's I not feel as like handsome that as we keep being told he is yeah. by, by the dialogue of other characters. It has that sort of weird quality to it, which you get in a lot of old films where the writers just sort of assert something to be true without bothering to show it on screen. So, like, mm. I mean, like, in a lot of old Hollywood films, like, you'll just get it asserted that this man is very handsome and, like, the guy's clearly not handsome <laughs> or he's not in shape. And this film had a lot of that. Like this main, I don't know. What, was it, would you even call him a love interest? Like, okay, the- so this is this is another thing I was wanting to bring up is how this is billed <laughs> as a romantic comedy. So I'm not romantic. sure what North Korean social morals are like. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that they're quite conservative, at least given given this film's tone, how it seemed almost like two twelve-year-olds who are interested in each other, you know, interested in inverted commas, the way that 12-year-olds are interested in, in, in each other, mm. having their parents uh, sort of negotiate, having the two on a play date together or something like that. <laughs> and also the, the dialogue between the two purported love interests. I suppose, I say purported because the promotional material says it's a romantic comedy, but the film mostly seems to be about a proud working class coal miner succeeding in 
in circus school. And <laughs> That's what the film's about. And there's not like the romantic angle is it's there because I've been told it's there. And there are yeah. hints at it existing, but it's never it's never consummated. <laughs> it's never it's never consummated in terms any stronger than I think them incidentally holding hands when he's bandaging her blisters at one point or him being very proud of her at the end when she mm. she's good at the trapeze, which is something that she's always wanted to do. <laughs> was there more romance than that? On your second viewing, was there romance, more romance than I'd have set out? No, I don't think so because I was about... Because as I, I watched the film all the way through two nights ago and then this morning I watched 75% of it. Mm. But I was thinking like... I'm glad you said that it wasn't consummated because I'd, it only just occurred to me that I'm like, did they actually kiss at the end? Like, I don't think they did. Uh, and I was only interpreting it as a romantic comedy because, yeah, it said on Google that it was a romantic comedy. So, uh, no, there's not there's not much to go on. Um he seems proud of her, and he does. And he really, <laughs> he really switches on a dime from really disliking her. What's the point? Okay, maybe we should get. May, I want to explore like the point at which he decides that he likes her, but maybe we'll just go back to the beginning and run through. Yeah, the let's go from the beginning <laughs> chronologically. And I agree with you that the the characterization in this film is very fast. Mm. <laughs> Characters will change their opinion of of someone or something immediately. Well, Oftentimes, life is very once the working class Korea, has been invoked, or in one memorable scene when our great leader is invoked, yeah, uh, characterization yeah. does tend to accelerate. The, right. Those, so those ha- two catalysts. <laughs> so how, do, how, does, how does the film open? Where we've got Meadows, um, mm. a woman and child. Uh... Near, near <laughs> Jongdong coal mine. Um, <laughs> What's the fucking coal there's mine? There's nothing I associate more strongly with beautiful verdant fields with just the fecundity of nature as a coal mine (laughs) (laughs) like they go to such an effort to make like the the landscape sort of seem appealing and it doesn't look very appealing so can you imagine what it actually looks like next to this coal mine or it's Mm. or it's a real life analog Mm. well probably pretty good because I mean, I've only imbibed anti-North Korean Western propaganda, and now we're hearing yeah. it from their side. Yeah, yeah there, there are two sides no. of every story. Uh, and... But the direct the director did insist in an interview that I read that it's clearly not propaganda, and that if we had seen real North Korean propaganda, we would know that this was not propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it was it was less heavy-handed than I anticipated, yeah. and I did read in an interview with. Bonner, the the Englishman who was a co-director, that he pushed pretty hard to make this into a romantic comedy and to steer it in a more comedic direction rather than the usual veneration of the working class fare that comes out Mm. of the North Korean film industry. Yeah. So perhaps if you're immersed in that world, then this film will seem non-propagandistic. But if if you're just coming into this as as a a Western running Decadent dog Westerner. for global capital, <laughs> then it, you know, it's it's less heavy handed than I anticipated, but it's still yeah. quite obviously of <laughs> of the North Korean Communist Party. It's it's very Juche. 
<laughs> what is that term? What is that mean? That's the name for the particular brand of communism as espoused by the Kim family. Uh, yeah, it's okay. some, something that we'll have to do an episode <laughs> on eventually. It's just I find episodes on the particulars of of various communist splinters, like the the difference between Pesadism, Trotskyism, Stalinism, Leninism, is quite boring. And we've <laughs> we've started communist books and then stopped because we said, "Oh, this is just not going to be a fun episode." Yeah. But anyway, that, we probably will do Duce eventually for the podcast, but I'm not really looking forward to it. Anyway, John <laughs> Dong Coleman. The movie begins with this. It's a little girl running through a green field uh, near a coal mine, asking her mother why doves can fly. And her mum tells her it's because they have wings. And mm. we're already setting up an important motif in this film. Mm-hmm. The girl asks if she had wings, could she fly too? And the mum says yes. And mm. <laughs> the the next that's, scene that's is it. <laughs> it's where I really started to understand the magic of this film. So this girl is Young Me. This is the the heroine of this film. Yep. And she's happily skipping beside train tracks. And I think she's asked to find her dad by someone. And she sees yes. him working in some industrial wasteland. Mm. And there's there's a fence between her and him though, so mm-hmm. she makes this makeshift springboard and gets two boys to jump on one end of it so that she can jump over the fence. And this is the first time the film made me laugh out loud. And this was only three minutes, or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah. when she's she's flung into the air, and this really okay. So the music that starts playing was really good, very corny. I find they've got two forms of corny music one is western corny which i'm used to and so it's funny in sort of a saccharine oversweetened way the other corny music sounds really soviet and that's <laughs> funny because of the almost the gravitas it lends to quite whimsical scenes in this <laughs> yeah. case they're playing the more western corny music as she's is she's flying through the air and it cuts to animated credits with Red flags, the North Korean countryside, lots of doves. Mm. I thought this intro was was very special. This was a good intro. And the film, like, it sets up a pretty... I mean, on the, it, this is a sophisticated and subtle film, so, you know, there's more than one thing going on. So, ostensibly, the film is about a little girl who wants to fly because she likes doves and they fly. Mm. Um, but, you know... What's the subtext, Ed? Mu- yeah, well, okay. What are they the really subtext, saying? Well, since since you asked, <laughs> like you remember how at the start of the yeah you know, the start of the film she sees her father over the fence and then she gets some little boys to catapult her over the fence, and that sort of sets up a theme for the film, which is in a way she's or she's really just trying to get her father's approval, you know, mm. throughout the entire film. That's that's the running thing. I'm not really sure the mother, the mother is sort of thrown in as a. You know, the mother di- has died at some point, and she's always remembering, uh, you know, her how her mother taught her to follow her dreams, or that she mm. could fly and whatever. But you know, the the there's not really because mu- you don't ever meet the mother character. There's not really an interesting dynamic going on. But the whole film seems to just basically be about getting her father's approval. Then again, as I say that, I'm actually wondering if it is because or she is it doesn't about the see. Yeah, he was about that too. <laughs> but she doesn't seem to care that much about her father's approval. Like her father no. very much cares about giving her approval, 
but I'm not sure she cares that much about her father's approval. So maybe the film's actually about her father grasping mm. to give mm. What's her name again? I keep forgetting her name. Yong Mi. Yong Mi, giving Yong Mi approval in the end. Yeah, the, the characterization in this film is somewhat mystifying as to what different people's <laughs> motivations are. It's, yeah, that's true. They seem very childish. Yeah. A lot, yes. their, their motivations tend to be so, sort of the, the emotional equivalent of bold red Comic Sans font. <laughs> they tend to have fairly simple motivations that are very clearly stated. And then the subtext of their motivations of it is, it is a stand-in for the, the working class of North Korea, the, or perhaps even the global working class. I'm not sure how internationalist Juche is as compared to other, other forms of Marxism. But <laughs> Yongmi is the working class stand-in. She moves from a coal mine where she's great she exceeds her her daily she's a really good miner yeah, production quotients. <laughs> she's, as she's a great as miner. is noted twice in this film, two different occasions. She yeah, just lasts past her quotas that day. You smashed your quotas in like <laughs> two hours. <laughs> she productive. moves to the big city. In the big city, she's incredible at being a worker. Like she mixes cement in one memorable scene. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So well. fast at mixing cement. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the, saying it out loud, this is a really good <laughs> It's when you're forced to put it into words, what you yeah. produce, you do realize how special this is. So, <laughs> it's such, she's the stand in of the, the proud rural worker against the, the decadence, or the, I guess North Korea presumably has a handle on these problems, but I guess the the threatened decadence of city dwellers. Mm. They can, they, they frequently degenerate into people who gather in coffee shops and discuss high-flying theories instead of doing what's important, like constructing buildings, pouring concrete, <laughs> mining coal. So there is that, that is, subtext. But that when I say subtext, it is, it's just stated openly as well, Yeah. in, in case yeah. you were to miss the point. Yeah, this film is like it's, there's a conspicuous absence of real villains. Like there kind yeah. of should there kind of should be a villain in this film. And it's sort of hinted at the start that like, oh, you think maybe the eventual quote unquote love interest will be a villain when you're introduced to him. But like his motive is <laughs> I don't think there's a villainous character, is there? No. I was I was interested to see what the villainous character would be in a film set within North Korea because either it yeah. would be a nefarious foreigner coming in and trying to stir up trouble. No. Or There's no Big Daddy. If Yeah, it's no Big Daddy is the memorable character in Wolf Warrior 2. Unfortunately, there's no Big Daddy because I really liked Big Daddy as a character, the American <laughs> mercenary character. who just fucking guns down innocent people while smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. <laughs> I really want to rewatch that film now. <laughs> yeah, Wolf Warrior 2 was quite special. That was a great film. So the Comrade Kim Goes Flying doesn't reach quite the same dizzying heights as Wolf Warrior 2. <laughs> no. But because it considerably is considerably less budget. <laughs> it's it's set in North Korea and only stars North Koreans and as such I can't imagine there could really be a meaningful villain. Hmm, it's hard to say. So 
on one hand, it's a society that seems very passionate about rooting out enemies within. Mm. On the other hand, I doubt they would want to advertise on screen, particularly if it's going to be screened internationally, that they do have enemies within because it, yeah. you know, it's the Potemkin village kind of dynamic that everything is working perfectly. So I, I suppose it could be that. You're right about there not being any obvious villain because even... So it's... I had read that in addition to this being a romantic comedy and then being confused because it didn't feel much like a romantic comedy, I also read that the tension in the film came from the the rejection of Pyongyang city dwellers of Yongmi because she's a, a country bumpkin who shouldn't be flying. That is to say she yeah, shouldn't be... Yeah engaging in trapeze artistry which is what she, she dreams be- of doing she belongs underground <laughs> but the thing is maybe in one or two scenes oh, no more than one okay two or three scenes but briefly people might say this to her but this hmm. will be bookended by them being very very kind to her on the whole yeah the, yeah. the denizens of pyongyang were very supportive of yongmi's desire to be <laughs> a trapeze artist i felt Wait, can I? What one thing that I find a little bit baffling about this film, trying to recollect it, is that although the story is actually a very simple story, mm. there's not that much connective tissue between like the scenes. Like I'm just trying, I'm trying to, <laughs> no, not, I'm trying to actually like remember how we get so from. Quickly. How do we? How do you get from the little girl dreaming about flying and then being catapulted over the fence to see her father? Like is then what scene do we go to next? She a goes, very good scene. She's older. Right. She's a coal miner, and she's leaving a tunnel on a train. And over the over the loudspeaker, someone is saying, "Congratulations to all miners for exceeding the production targets <laughs> two months ahead of schedule." <laughs> and there's a lot of so there's a particular way that North Koreans clap. We're all in unison. They go. <laughs> yeah. And they're all so you've just very got these good rows clapping. of people doing choreographed clapping. This felt very juche. It's and that is great at clapping. That's yeah. how you exceed your clap production targets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, this is the beauty of central planning, though, is you get to make things efficient. And this efficiency descends through all levels of society, even to the level of clapping. Yeah. <laughs> You don't very, have this very good at clapping. <laughs> this exchange theory of value, unsynchronized clapping that you find in market economies. No, this is synchronized, centrally planned clapping. Yeah, I mean, have you I'd, ever been to like a symphony orchestra or something in the West? Like, if they okay, I guess they don't clap there, do they? But okay, it's going to not between movements. You only clap between movements if you're an animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which we all are because we don't mm. have centrally planned clapping. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Well, so what happens next? You, you're gonna have to do most of the plot work here because I, this, I find this this movie. Like, I watched it. Almost, I almost watched it twice, and like, I I get it, but it's pretty hard to recollect. Basically, Young Me's friend, whose name I just I flat out don't remember. I'm not even sure if it's even said, but her female <laughs> friend gets a yeah. position. As on part the, of a on construction a, a, brigade, a, a con, yeah, construction brigade in Pyongyang, yes. and Yong Mi has this idol, Ri Su Hyun, who's a trapeze yeah. artist in Pyongyang. Yep. And Yong Yong Mi, you know that Yong Mi looks up to this woman because she says out loud, <laughs> this, "This is my idol. I really look up to her." 
Yeah. The exposition in this movie is, it's very efficient. And I suppose <laughs> as central planning is efficient, so too would the centrally planned exposition in a film be efficient. They just tell you what characters are thinking very bluntly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not really much room for interpretation, is there? But like, like what's, the, what's the, at the start, like when whatever her maid's name is, is telling her that she's going to be part of the Pyongyang Construction Brigade. Like, are they at, like, a graduation ceremony? Because her father's there? And, like... I don't know. Oh, I thought, I thought they were just the, mining What about coal. the bit where she gives the flower... What about the bit where she gives the flower to the manager and it sort of leaps out of her hand? Remember that? Yeah, that's true. I interpreted... <laughs> okay, so maybe this, this is where the interpretation comes in. <laughs> I thought it was just a day, like, another day at the office in the in the world's cleanest coal mine. Everyone comes out looking spotless. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just thought they were mining coal and her friend said, hey, I'm going to Pyongyang. And Yongmi decides that she also wants to go to Pyongyang because that's where Risu Hyun is. That's what I thought was happening. <laughs> but I thought it was like some kind of like graduation from coal mining school or something because <laughs> but I thought her been, father's there. But and... I thought she was always going to be a coal miner. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't I know, but... I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and then, it, like, and, like, she's going to give, like, her... Uh, I don't, there's something to do with a flower, too, and she's, like, she's, like, going to give that to her father or then she gives it to the manager and then it flies out of her hand in a weird way and attaches to his lapel. I just, I don't really get what's going on there. There are a few moments that could <laughs> do with a bit of tightening up. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. That's one of the few blemishes. Like it's, the scene is presented as if its meaning should be self-evident. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to a North Korean it would be. Maybe we're just missing cultural context. Like, like oh, of course. We all, everyone knows what it's like to graduate from coal mining school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like, the basic plot details that are important are her friend is going to Pyongyang, Yongmi decides to go to Pyongyang as well because she wants to see Ri Su Hyun do acrobatics and wants to try to learn how to do acrobatics. Her father doesn't approve of acrobatics because he thinks Yongmi should just be focusing on coal mining. (laughs) What every father wants for his daughter. I really like in this film. So her father is not trying to stifle her or limit her. He he just loves coal mining <laughs> and wants her to mine coal. He's not he's not a malign presence in this film at all. She's working it's at least said that she's working to get his approval. She acts mm. in a way that would say Yeah, she doesn't but, really show it. Yeah, you're told at least that she wants her father's approval. And her her father's approval seems predicated upon very sensible things within the context of this film. He mm. just, he really likes coal mining. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> her acrobatics distract from coal mining. There's a good scene. Okay, so here, here is some character development that is, is show, don't tell. So, <sighs> okay, for example, evidence that Yongmi likes acrobatics. She's skipping home after a good day on the car. Oh, yeah. Actually, she's actually just skipping. And yeah. 
she says she wishes that she could fly like her idol Risu Hyun and then does a flip on the sidewalk and yeah. <laughs> keeps skipping home. So that's yeah. good. That is good character development. We know that she likes acrobatics and is good at acrobatics without like we're told that she's good at it a lot as well, but it is shown to us. She also does handstands at work while everyone sits around and talks in unison for her. That's right. And this happens on at least two occasions in this film. Yeah. And I think I like it because like I think it cuts to that scene and she's already doing a handstand and everyone's applauding. It's like oh that's that's that. (laughs) It is also in this part, the film sets up one of its uh I guess symbolic motifs that it returns to a lot, which is video footage of North Korean industry. Oh. There are a lot of lot of videos yeah. of big coal mining machines in There's this part, a lo- and, a lo- it, and it and will just be of interposed between bits slang. of character development. Yeah, so the, yeah. you'll have a scene of her doing handstands for people, and then you'll have fifteen seconds of coal mining machinery, and then you'll have Young Me trying to convince her father to let her go to Pyongyang or something. It's just yeah, kind because, of out of nowhere, but I yeah, appreciate its its presence. It's very good. Well, I think it's necessary because, like, were this a decadent Western film, then there would be like a contrast set up between being a horrid, you know, being a coal miner in horrid conditions, and this girl wants to escape from underground to reach like the mm, mm, beauty mm. and glamour of and heights of being an acrobat. But they don't like that's definitely not the impression they give you. Like, like. Like, no, she loves coal mining. Coal mining is awesome. North Korea is really good at coal mining. Whatever her name is, is really good at coal mining. But she also, it's just, it's it's like a you can walk and chew gum sort of thing. Like, yeah, she, but, yeah, you know, yeah. coal mining is awesome. But, but also, you can also be an acrobat. So I guess you can find fulfillment in heavy industry <laughs> as well as in the performing arts at the same yeah, time. They're not yeah, mutually yeah. exclusive. No, that is true. That is very true. The there are a lot of inspiring images of North Korean industry. I do like when she's working as part of the construction collective in Pyongyang. There are just so many shots that are of much worse quality than the rest of the film, which makes me wonder if they are actually just shots of people building high rises in North Korea. Yeah. Like, yeah. It will just cut to people building tall buildings. And it's another thing I like it is very about nice. it. I loved how, like, especially in the scenes of coal mining or, like, um, you know, <sighs> carriages full of coal being taken away, it's just how, like, what a small scale everything operates on. Like, if you've seen, like, construction sites in Australia, like, it's, these, it's pretty, or, like, mines in Australia, like, it's, mm, they're mm. pretty big. Like, this sort of seems like the kind of coal mining you do in your backyard. Like, it's like, like yeah. kind of heavy industry circa 1920 or something. It's just... Yeah, well, this is this is an artisan's coal mining. This is, this is made with <laughs> love. Artisanal coal mining. Yeah, yeah. yeah only, only the freshest organic electricity will be made with this coal. <laughs> and you can, you can like, taste it if you put your tongue like, in the electrical socket, the difference in the quality of the electricity yeah, between yeah. what we get in Australia and the yeah. handmade, handmade, the handmade coal-fired electricity in North Korea. It's, <laughs> it's a sort of, you can't replace sort of a, the loving touch of yeah. a coal miner who, who works with his or her hands with love with a with you know, a machine or something like that, one of those big bucket <laughs> excavators. It's not the same. 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, the touch of her hand is an important image because one of the um, people she, one of the men, one of the men at the factory that she later pretends to arm wrestle. We'll get to that. Oh, uh, when he's walking away, wow. comments on like the touch of her hand. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, the second man, the second man, the very yeah. weak man, the young one, the young. Yeah, one. yeah, that was. Okay. okay, so is Young Me's okay. affect very, very childish? Because yeah. she has the mannerisms of an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> uh, she's obviously an adult physically. I'm wondering, mm. is this direction or is this just how North Korean women behave? It, it felt very childish how she behaved for the entire film. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the actual actor was is herself actually a trapeze artist so she had to be trained to act for this film mm. and very and very well um but i don't know i i sort of get the impression that everyone that's probably pretty normal for how these people act <laughs> just, <laughs> i mean not to get too prejudiced about things but my impression is that you know a lot of young asian people are a bit i don't know what I might consider immature, but maybe that's because I'm a decadent Westerner. And then I think if you mm. put on top of that, like a, a government that literally infantilizes its citizens, then it's probably <laughs> unsurprising that she's very infantile. Yeah. That, that, I guess in one way, it's a good thing that the, the romance angle was never consummated because, because of how childish... The yeah, main character what, would that, what is, would that look like? I imagine that would be extremely uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> so yeah, there, there are merciful features in this film. Or maybe it was just a, a directorial decision. Okay, yeah. we've got such a a childish lead that we really we can't include a hardcore sex scene to climax the movie. <laughs> Can you imagine how disturbing that would be given <laughs> how they nowhere. each act? <laughs> yeah, Young me has anal sex. <laughs> with that guy too <laughs> <laughs> yeah just an hour and a half scene <laughs> yeah that would be deeply unpleasant and i probably couldn't finish the film if that were the case i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad they exercised directorial discretion and didn't include one and a half hours of anal sex to finish off comrade <laughs> kim goes flying okay so okay so she, <laughs> Let's get she, she goes to Pyongyang. Yeah, she goes to Pyongyang as part of the same work brigade as her unnamed friend. <laughs> the way that she gets there is is odd. So I think she misses the bus to Pyongyang, but it's not really <laughs> stated that she misses the bus. I was did they say that she missed the bus or was it just implied? Because I felt like I was doing catch up. I yeah I I I've, I mean I've seen that scene twice and I I was confused both times. It became apparent that yeah. she had missed the bus, but I don't think we see it. It took miss a the while. Bus. Yeah, because what happens is she says oh, I'm going to be leaving for Pyongyang, and then it immediately cuts to her rushing about and then hitchhiking, like yeah. standing by the road side of the road trying to wave <laughs> down cars. And initially, I thought, oh, well, she's just hitchhiking there. I guess that's what they do. Mm. But no, <laughs> she was, she waved down a car and the guy driving the car said, oh, do you know where the kindergarten, <laughs> the kindergarten is in, in this vi village? And she, she assured him that she did, but directed him to drive in front of the bus that she needed to take and stop so that she could jump out of the car and get on the bus. 
mm. bearing in mind that the viewer hasn't been informed that she missed her bus. So <laughs> for, for this scene, I was just kind of confused as to what was happening <laughs> until I pieced together that she needed to catch a bus. I'm glad you had a hard time with it as well because I just felt really stupid as if I'd missed something really, really obvious. No, because I only realised that that's really what the sequence of events or the implied sequence of events after I watched it the second time because I was actually paying attention a bit. I mean, but then, like, the most, the best part of this scene, though, is that, like, you know, she's standing in, she's standing on the road, I think, after missing the bus. Then, like, a car drives up to her, sort of beeps her. And then the guy, the guy, I believe, puts his head out the window. He's like, Do you know the way to the kindergarten? <laughs> she's, like, yeah. she's like, She's like, I'll show you. And then, like, it cuts, she's in the car, then it cuts back once or twice. It's like this guy just driving alone. With, with like a boot full of soft toys and you're like why is he going to the kindergarten like, i love how this explained. film hints at a a wider world outside of young me's travails <laughs> yeah. this is a guy going to the kindergarten i mean i think i i think i sort of guess that maybe he is going to deliver soft toys to the kindergarten that's like the mm most benevolent spin I can put on it. But it's the guy's affect is pretty disturbing. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so she, she gets out of, uh, after she after they stop the bus or they intercept the bus or whatever, she hops out and then she's like, ah, uh, he's like, oh, but you're going to go, show, you're going to show me where the kindergarten was. And she says, the kindergarten is 10 minutes away in the other direction. And then she giggles and runs away, but she tells him that like, she tells him that the instructions to the kindergarten are like on his back seat. And then she's left him a note on the back seat that says, it gives him the directions to the kindergarten mm. while also like apologizing for misleading him. So like mm, mm, she, mm. she wrote this note while she was in the back. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think he must get to the kindergarten fine because that's the end of that guy's appearance. Um, no, he reappears. He's her. Does he? Yeah, he's her work commander, I think. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because oh, there was okay. that whole scene about how she was really scared to confront him. But oh, this whole thing, right. like with many possible conflicts in this film, the whole thing is resolved in five seconds yeah. in that he he just approaches her and goes, oh, you were the one who told me where the kindergarten was. Gee, that was great. By the way, I'm aware that you want to be a trapeze artist and I will let you train to be a trapeze artist. <laughs> That's right. Okay, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, she she goes to Pyongyang on the bus and Pyongyang looks looks great. It's really nice. <laughs> it looks so good. Yeah, it's a really nice looking place. I was like, she, she gets off the bus in Pyongyang and asks a stranger or comrade where she can find the circus in Pyongyang, which is that that's where she wants to go. She she <laughs> will the circus. She will take part in construction because she's a good worker, but she really wants to find the circus so that she can yeah. see Risu Kyon. Um her her idol. Risu Hyong, that's it. Risu yeah. Hyong, her idol. And she the doorman? At the oh, the yeah, cinema, this is an, great. a great piece of physical comedy. He's just turning all of these people away, and he's ruthless, just saying, "No, you don't have a ticket. I'm not letting you in. You claim <laughs> yeah. to be a family member of someone performing. I don't care. You need a ticket. You're not getting in." And yeah. Young Me has asked 
ask this stranger where the circus is, and he leads her there after buying her food and water. Mm. And Yongmi says that her brother, this stranger, has tickets for them both and then slips past the doorman who who then asks this stranger where the tickets are and this this stranger says, I'm not her brother, I don't have any tickets. And the doorman <laughs> just slaps himself on the head comically, saying that in 15 years, 15 no, years. no one has ever gotten past him except for Yongmi. Except for now. <laughs> it's so good he's, he's tricked, yeah. <laughs> Slaps himself on it. Yeah. 15 years, a perfect record. A, a perfect record destroyed by Young Me, like, and with Young such well, such a trick. My brother has the tickets. <laughs> Where are the tickets? <laughs> I'm not her brother. <laughs> yeah, what a rap scallion. <laughs> mm. There is another one of those slightly mystifying scenes. Do you remember how... She gets into the circus school and it's it's beautiful in there. A lot of wonderful people walking around. Yeah, the best people. And Yongmi, while she's hiding from the the doorman, finds a puppy and oh yeah. She she oh, poses like Risu Hyun and then the dog pirouettes in response. Yeah. Yeah, I like it's yeah. It's almost um, there are little touches of magical realism in Comrade yeah. Kim Goes Fly. Yeah, that's just, right. <laughs> I was I gotta say, I was a bit mystified by what the dog thing was about. Cause like, I was like, did I miss something about the dog? What's with the dog? And she's like, no, she think, says the dog. She says to the dog, "Oh, you need to eat more. You need to eat more food. That's how you grow into becoming a big dog." And I was like, watching. I'm like, it's a fucking small dog. It's not going to grow any bigger. That's just what it breeds like. <laughs> <laughs> and then it pirouettes. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay, oh, what so about she's this? is it at what? the circus that she that we discover that her heroine, her mm. heroine, the trapeze artist, is going to retire because exactly, her, yeah. her body just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And that's we're we're introduced to two important characters, Risu Hyung yeah. and and Jang Phil. Jang Phil. Risu Hyung's right. male co-performer, who is the love interest. But who initially yeah, apparently <laughs> initially yeah the the apparent love interest, um, whom we learn of at le- at least in terms of, we learn of his amorous intentions mostly from promotional material for this yeah. film. It's not it's not like he's interested it's, in young me. It's not clear that either of them would be capable of sexual interest. <laughs> like like mm, just mm. they don't give you the impression of being any like sexual beings of sexual beings. Yeah. No, neither seems to have hit puberty. No, <laughs> don't, like that's the th- that's the thing about that guy too. It's like he simultaneously looks fifteen and forty. Like he looks kind of like <laughs> a sweaty 40, 40 year old, but then like he's so completely emotionally Boy. and sexually undeveloped. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's shredding his comrade. It's the the superposition of an eight year old and a fifty year old. <laughs> Uh, I also like that. So she learned of this, by the way, by just eavesdropping on Risu Hyung. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then yeah. Youngmi goes into the room and just starts talking to them. And Risu Hyung suggests to Youngmi that she audition to be an acrobat, and the auditions mm. are tomorrow. Yeah. One of course, thing I do just... want to note, though, is this this brilliant piece of comedic repartee. How. Young Mi is watching Risu Hyung perform on the trapeze. And 
I, I, I'll quote some dialogue between two people in the audience, a married couple. The husband says, oh, it's amazing. She flies like a bird. She has stolen my heart. A pity we're married. And his <laughs> wife replies, if we weren't married, I could fly through the air with that strong man. And then the husband <laughs> replies, are you mad? You're much too heavy for that. Uh, and <laughs> she that gives was him brilliant. a sharp look. She gives him oh, a sharp that look. Was, that was astonishing. Um. <laughs> and like, and like, and then, that, and then that couple is seen walking out of the theater, just like gesticulating in wonder about how great the show was, or something. I've, <laughs> I've got a note about that actually. <laughs> the extras in many, um, in, in many of these scenes, are acting so much that it just distracts from what's happening in the foreground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're very distracting extras. That's a good. That's be, a good point. Yeah. They'll be clapping in unison or they'll be, as you noted, gesticulating wildly or they'll actually just have their mouths hanging open. <laughs> <laughs> like the husband had his mouth hanging open like an oh, ill-fitting was, suit. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> like he kind of looks like a rag doll. <laughs> I, do, I recall there are some scenes, I think there's one, we'll get to this scene because this is a very special scene where... Jang Phil is watching Yong Mi perform and has his mouth hanging open and his companion has to close it manually. They have to grab his chin and close his mouth because he's he's so taken by Yong Mi's prowess, both on the construction site and as an acrobat. Her jaw-dropping prowess. (laughs) (laughs) Jaw-drops. It's a very literal film, isn't it? It's very... (laughs) There's uh, there's not much in terms of subtlety. The ambiguities tend to arise because they've simply not explained something. Like Yong Mi has missed her bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay, but what's the? Okay, so let's go to the tryout. So she turns yeah. up to the tryout and she's like, "I'm here to try out." And they're like, "Where are you from?" And she's like, "What the fuck, coal mine?" And they're mm, like, mm. "Anyone can try out." <laughs> and so she tries out. <laughs> And I, I don't think there's much, much more happens than that. I mean, but she, she get, she climbs up because for some reason she tries to perform this trapeze trick or like this four turn. Okay. So she, she needs, I think the major physical accomplishment that she needs to do is this particular like quadruple somersault or like this four in the air turn, which one of the, I don't know what, one of the people there is like says, like the North Koreans are known for their like patented four in the air turn. Yeah, like, well, as you know, we all know. <laughs> as we all know. Like, um, and it's like, I'm not saying that that's what they're known for. <laughs> I'm not saying that I could do this, but like, it doesn't look that, that remarkable for trapeze artists. But it looks really know. fucking hard. I'll, I'll okay, it that. looks hard. <laughs> yeah, but like. Like the scale of everything in this film is so small. Like what they use to transport coal looks small. Like the theater in which they're performing looks small. The tricks they're doing look small. The people look small. Everything's just a bit small. But anyway, it's mm. apparently quite hard to do this trapeze trick. And like she, it is. I don't. I don't really get it because like she's she can't do the trick because she gets vertigo or she's so scared of heights. But like. 
There was no indication earlier that she was scared of heights, particularly when she got like two young North Korean boys to just catapult her through the sky. Yeah, yeah. Like, where does that scared of heights thing come from? Yeah, that's right. Because she, <laughs> on the construction site, two notes that she's scared of heights, and then, but then that problem is fixed in about yeah, they thirty seconds, problem. if yeah. that, of montages. Yeah, <laughs> of her just ascending the exterior of buildings. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or climbing up ropes. So, okay, she fails this, to do the trick part, at though, the tryout. Yeah. The tryout is important for setting up the, I guess, antagonism between Jang Phil and Yong Mi, but it's not, it's not that antagonistic. Like, it's pretty mm. tame. Yeah. Like, she, she fucks up her trapeze trick, and then Jang, Jang Phil, who up to this point has been pretty supportive of her, it seems. And all the yeah. judges and all the audience members are supportive of her. But then after she screwed it up, Jang Phil says to her, quote, do you think you can just crawl out of the ground and fly like us? Do you think the trapeze is easy? You should go back to digging like a good little girl. And then <laughs> there, there's, a, there, there's a great sequence of scenes next. So in the next scene, Jang Phil and some other guy I don't think is named, but he's he's with Jang no. Phil quite a lot. Yeah. Another gymnast. They're discussing how bad Yong Mi was and how their trapeze act is in trouble because their star trapeze artist is retiring. Mm. Then Yong Mi appeals, appears out of nowhere and tells Jang Phil that being him being a trapeze artist doesn't make him any better than anyone else. And I quote, if you insult me, you invite trouble. And these... <laughs> These two men are so unsettled that their mouths are hanging open as they stare after her while she walks away. Then she sees a white dove, and then there are lots of shots of heavy industry in Pyongyang. Um, it's just, it's a flurry of scenes. It's really good. What? I don't know. It was particularly the open mouths, the dove, heavy industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit torn as to who I should sympathise with there because, like, I I kind of get, I kind of get why he might be upset that you know his longtime trapeze partner. I, I guess she's long time. I don't know. The, mm. the the trapeze partner. She's retiring. Like he he's a professional trapezist or whatever. He wants to do a good job. He's disappointed that he's lost his trapeze partner. And I think, you know, he's a little bit offended by the fact that Yong Mi just has no idea how to be a trapeze artist. Mm, mm, and she mm. seems a little bit too threatening. <laughs> like, you know, you know what? Something bad will happen to you if you doubt me. Um, <laughs> I don't. So, I mean, fair enough. But, like, park that issue. What? Where, where do we go to? What's the next scene? She's still got a construction job, remember? Yeah, yeah, she shows up. <laughs> her friend, friend tells her day. that Commander Sock Gun was waiting for her, and it turns out Commander Sock Gun was the man that Yong Mi used to sneak. Oh no, he wasn't the. I was wrong. I was wrong. He wasn't the man in the car who wanted to know where the kindergarten was. That <laughs> that didn't continue. You're right. That, <laughs> okay. that that was just a loose plot thread. That man's discarded. No, Sock Gun was the stranger she met that she told the doorman yeah, was her brother thought, yeah. so that she could sneak into the 
acrobatics school. The one who school. buys her food. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But then, like basically any potential conflict in this film, as I said earlier, he just says that, oh, I would have let you go in there anyway. You don't have to work so much here. Go do trapeze or something. Mm. And everything's fine. Yeah. The next scene is very special, though, because very Soviet music is playing while lots of people are working hard, building things, working as a team. <laughs> and Yongmi drops a brick and a fellow worker <laughs> looks at her and laughs and says, lucky that wasn't a grenade, which <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I don't disagree with him. Yeah, it would have enough. been a much worse situation if it were a grenade instead of a brick. Yeah. It's just like maybe in North Korea, that's a more normal thing to say to someone. Maybe it's a real uh, knee-slapping pun or something. Yeah, yeah. It could be either hilarious or very commonplace in North Korea, but it left me a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what is, like, he says, like, the guy says, like, oh, lucky that wasn't a grenade. And then what does she say to him? Like, I don't know, like, she, something something like you catch, like, a girl. I don't know. Yeah, a real, a real man would have caught that. A real man would have caught it. And then they, like that. they look at each other knowingly and then... Burst into Start laughter. Laughing. <laughs> yeah, that just... was unusual. So l- l- lucky it wasn't a grenade. It's very funny. But then her <laughs> retort, her retort of a real man would have caught that a grenade. I guess makes them. Mm. That's even funnier. So they're all mm. laughing. They're just they're... very funny people. <laughs> no, it is a country famed for its comedic culture, <laughs> and they're four in the turn in the air turn. Yeah, like, so yeah. we got the phrasing of that it was like that four in the air turn. It wasn't like a quadruple somersault or something. It was like a four in the air turn. Mm. What about oh okay uh, the the next two scenes? These are these are pivotally important. We were talking about the Oedipal dimension of these earlier. Oh, yeah, Christ. So it we're back to the circus school and we see four men getting plastered on beer and they're glowing red like drunk Asians. <laughs> And yeah. which makes me wonder if they actually were just drinking in this scene because at least physiologically they they seem to be drunk. It's not just they're acting drunk; they're they're blushing and sweating. Yeah, because because I, I would say like like they're not good enough actors to act that well, like or, or to put on being drunk that well. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I suspect I, I think they, they were drunk. Crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Trash on beer. Yeah. <laughs> trash anyway, on beer. Jane How hard it would be to get that trashed on beer. <laughs> he would have drank so many beers. <laughs> Let's see how many beers he drank, but he must have drunk a lot of beers. Well, they don't have your proud and powerful metabolism. No, no, no. I mean, I'm assuming most of the listenership to this podcast is European, but mm, mm. they get yeah. Well, we... <laughs> Moving on. Next. So I've even got written in my notes right here, Jang Phil staggers home to his wife, but it's not his wife, it's his mum. They yeah. just, they behave as if they are sexually intimate. This is, in this romantic comedy, the relationship between Jang Phil and his mother is the most sexually charged relationship. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Especially when she says, oh, I'll spank you. Like she threatens to spank him at some point. Yeah, and then there's this bit where she's she's pestering him, saying that he never used to drink, but now he's always drunk. And in response, yeah. he just picks her up while she squeals and That's places right. her on the couch. Yeah, and I was just uh, expecting him to 
rip his pants off at this stage and fuck her. But yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I, think, I then found out later that it's his mum. <laughs> I, th- I think the viewer could be forgiven, though. I mean, like, guy stumbles home drunk after a day at work. A woman chastises him for being drunk. Then he picks her up in his arms and spins her around. Like, that's not how I interact with my mum. I mean, I don't live with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And they don't look, she doesn't look that much older than him. No, they, they look a very similar age. He keeps pouring at her as well. <laughs> oh, God. It's, their dynamic is very strange in this film. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. And he, he, he just keeps, his mum was reading an article about Yong Me because at yeah. the start of the Why film. Why is she on the magazine? She was, yeah, she was photographed for some magazine or newspaper because she was so good at coal mining. <laughs> and mm. he sees this magazine that his mum was reading with her, with Yong Mi's face on the front of it. And he just keeps staring at this picture of Yong Mi while his mum keeps scolding him for only thinking about girls. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But like at the same time, she also wants to marry him. That's why it's so confusing because she's like, she wants him to marry a nice girl, but then she keeps Mm. scolding him for being interested in women. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then, there is this point where Yong Mi is trying to get some book on acrobatics and Jang Phil's mum must be a librarian or something because <laughs> Yong right. Mi meets her when she's trying to get this book and Jang Phil's mum says that they don't have the book but they actually do. It's, it's very confusing where <laughs> Jang Phil's mum is coming from because... <laughs> She what, she really wants angle? to marry her son off. Well, I guess yeah. above everything else, she has strong sexual feelings for her son. Yeah, which uh, uh, these are conveyed through the acting, the capital yeah. A acting. But then <laughs> in the dialogue, she she says that she wants to marry her son off. But okay, okay, but okay. So she is. Just, uh, let's just explore this for, for a little bit because I'm a little bit confused. Like she she okay. She wants to marry her son off. She mm-hmm. seems skeptical of Zhong Mi, but then also, and then like that, that, that ties in with the refusing to give her the acrobatics how-to book. <laughs> but then, but then like later on, I think she comes and like places the magazine of Zhong Mi next to his bed by her son's bed. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember in that scene too. It was just. It was like a nine-year-old because <laughs> Jang Phil is in his room just standing there and his mum starts banging on the door and asks what he's doing. Oh, he that's right. He, and he, he just bed. leaps into bed. I'm pretty sure he's lying on top of the covers as well. He hasn't even put yeah, on the covers. Exactly. And then she comes in and looks at him and then puts <laughs> Yong Mi's picture next to his bed. <laughs> Such a it's, strange... It's a very unusual relationship between... Those people. It's really unusual. Maybe this film is actually so on the surface of it, it seems very childish, but it's actually about a tortured love triangle. Yeah. It's a s- smoldering sexual mystery. It's a smoldering incestuous love triangle. <laughs> All right. Where were we? Yeah. Back at we're at the construction site. Yeah. Because Yong this is where we learn that Yong Mi is scared of heights. She's on some scaffolding. Uh, yep. And it's hard to tell. I'm assuming she was meant to be scared 
and be experiencing her fear of heights because later on we are told that that was what was happening, but at least at the time it's not entirely clear what's going on. Anyway, she says she has a fear of heights because she grew up in a coal mine and she's used yep. to being underground. Yeah, not because you grew up. Not merely, not merely at ground level, but above ground level. <laughs> and yeah. Commander Sock Gun takes her up on some elevated platform and then there's an animated montage of workers building things, a montage of Yongmi climbing ropes, and then she's doing handstands and her co-workers are telling her that she's great because she can do handstands and mm. that she should put in an acrobatic act during the next workers' festival. And now mm. she's fine with heights. Yep. And I'm, was all this meant to take place on the same day? I, I think that's very hard to say. I I think it's very hard to say. It was very unclear, and it it would change things because if she got over her fear of heights that quickly, then it can't have been that bad. If she got over it in an afternoon, yeah, yeah, it's just very okay. Passage of time is very slippery. It definitely seemed like it it all occurred in one day, but ah. I no, I, I just couldn't say with confidence. It, okay, it felt to me like it was one day, but it's also pretty hard to say. Yeah. Anyway, after this, at some at some indeterminate point in the future, yeah, she conquers her fear of heights. Commander Sockgun goes to talk to Jang Phil about how good Yong Me is is at acrobatics, mm. and this this section isn't that notable apart from. Sock gun getting into a series of of slapstick comedic situations, like looking in on a bunch of female gymnasts in leotards, and oh, they yeah. ask what he's doing, and he looks comically embarrassed. Yeah. And then he accidentally walks on stage on and stage, then falls yeah. over while people yeah. are watching, while people perform around him on rollerblades, and then everyone <laughs> starts clapping in unison. <laughs> This, this film, this film often has a hallucinatory quality. In its I was cuts. about to say, there's a very dreamlike quality to a lot of these scenes. <laughs> <laughs> what about the next scene, though? Because now, apparently, Sock Gun has convinced Jang Phil to teach Yong Mi acrobatics. Yeah, and there's this great yeah. scene where Jang Phil comes to Yong Mi's uh, construction site. And there's this, this comically large Looney Tunes dumbbell that he's just curling and all the workers are standing around him cheering. And, and this is one of those points where it is asserted that he is very good looking and yeah, very strong. Like, this guy is so handsome and, and strong. Is, is, he, is he holding like a very large, it's like a large dumbbell or a small barbell with one hand. He's just sort of holding it. He's up. just doing curls with it while, while, while a group of men surrounds him cheering. Why is he doing the girls there? <laughs> but Yong Yong Mi doesn't want to be taught by him, as he was rude about her earlier. Right. Yeah. And oh, that's and this is another one of those plot threads that's picked up and then immediately discarded. So she, because she's embarrassed about having fallen off the trapeze in front of him, she tells him that she, her twin sister <clears throat> was the coal miner who fell I off the trapeze. About that. But she's not, and then she says he's not good enough to teach her acrobatics and he has to prove that he's good enough and the way that he can do this is by mixing cement faster than her. And this <laughs> is one of the standout moments of the film. Yeah. There's really dramatic Soviet-sounding music 
while they compete to mix concrete and everyone on the construction site is cheering them. They don't seem to be working. Actually, very little work seems to take place on this construction <laughs> yeah. site. Because they're, the day, they're mostly cheering on Young Me doing handstands, yeah. mixing cement, or as happens later in the film, training acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> they don't work very much. Yeah, that yeah, this film actually does become like I, I feel like I was giving this film almost too much credit for how much sense it made. But when you actually think about it, like. Why are they training? I mean, okay, I guess they're training for the work games, which are apparently the work games. A thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and just... as is stated, as is stated later in this film, our great leader wants this the circus act, the North Korean circus troupe, to be the best in the world. So, from a yeah. patriotic perspective, it makes sense why they would invest so much time and effort into being really good at acrobatics. <laughs> Worker it, acrobats. Yeah, worker industrial worker hyphen acrobats. <laughs> anyway, Yong Yong Mi wins the cement mixing because of course she does. So Jang Phil is very handsome, or is at least purported <laughs> to be very handsome and strong. But but he's a member of the effete, or by North Korean standards, effete Pyongyang. Uh, elite, would you say? Hard to say, but he's an artist. He's not yeah, he's not a manual laborer, yeah. he's an artist. But yeah, Yong Mi is is remarkable because she's both a coal miner and and she has the potential to be an artist. So she's <laughs> a true yeah. barefoot artist. Okay. And she what, what? says she yeah. says to him, You're talented in the air, but on the ground you're beaten by a simple worker. Yeah. And that yeah, that like that that does get to him that okay but one that thing makes him i think did, one thing i didn't i didn't really get was that <laughs> <laughs> she you know she later in the film like okay so she did, she she repeatedly demonstrates her physical prowess but then later in the film she has to go through a series of arm wrestling competitions and I was really expecting her to just like physically dominate these arm wrestling yeah, competitions, but then like she she doesn't. She like everyone lets her through because like they just admire her pluck and her feminine charms. But like yeah. surely if okay, Jang Phil is really strong and handsome, but more to the point, he's strong. And yeah. but he gets beaten at the concrete mixing competition by her, which. Which looks like a pretty physical enterprise. Mm, so mm, I was sort mm. of thinking, oh, she must be really strong. But then I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity for her to actually win those arm wrestling competitions on her own merits. That is true. And also the the actress who plays Yong Mi, there are a bunch of shots of her doing handstand push-ups and things like that. So yeah. she she will be really, really strong. Yeah. Which like Yeah, that that yeah. was strange. But it's, One it, thing, it, actually, it's kind of I... it's it's of a piece with her suffering like the fear of heights when she first goes to be like an acrobat. Even though like we see her flipping, we see her flying through the air, we see her like she's really strong, she can do handstands, and then like she suffers from vertigo or she can't do the uh, arm wrestling competition. Anyway, these are just mi- these are minor plot holes and what maybe is this is of a piece with the, the broader <laughs> North Korean mindset, wherein. Yeah. No matter what you see, if you are told by an authority figure, so in the case of this film, 
the mm. the writers, the the script writers, <laughs> if you are told something that that at least apparently conflicts with your sense experience, then your <clears throat> sense experience is at fault. Yeah, yeah. You do <laughs> you defer to authority, both in Comrade Kim Goes Flying and in North Korea. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, perhaps that's, that's true. A, a political statement. That's true. A positive I mean, like, one, I should add. Yeah, <laughs> an admirable one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, there, I, 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 do, I do notice too, as this film goes on, the political sloganeering does get more and more heavy-handed because yeah, it does. Suck Gun assembles all his workers after Yong Mi uh, humiliates the effete Jang Phil in the concrete mixing competition <laughs> and tells them all that they're going to learn acrobatics and perform at the upcoming Workers' Festival. Yong Mi will both be the star and will will coach them. And again, I note, nobody is currently working. No. But just, the, just. the workers or the, the, the apparent workers all start shouting motivational communist slogans, such yeah. as, the working class can do anything if we believe in ourselves. Everything can be achieved with revolutionary spirit. <laughs> Remember, this festival is to show our talents, but it is about the group, not the individual. Yeah, and, oh, and then Sock Gun tells everyone that Yong Mi will teach him acrobatics and says, the bugle for attack has sounded. Advance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, the bugle and for then attack has sounded. there are more shots of heavy industry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, so that was good. Aside from, I sort of, I get at some point that they all of a sudden start furiously working towards the very important workman's games. But mm, mm, I get, mm. so I sort of get that bit. To and this she, point, she performs very well at the workman's games. But like in the context of the overall film, is there a later goal that she's working towards? Is it like an international competition or the Olympics? It's Was very unclear because this film ends with her on a plane wearing what looks like you know one of those uniforms that Olympic athletes wear mm. when they're not competing, and she's carrying a big trophy. But yeah. it's not. Because uh, the climax of this film is her on the trapeze with Jang Phil, and she makes the, the jump quadruple somersault or whatever yeah. it is, and everyone's watching. Like her dad's watching, all the coal miners are watching, a bunch of political functionaries are watching. <laughs> everyone's there. It's, yeah, it's really everyone, good. everyone, everyone. <laughs> coal miners, family, just, political functionaries. Everyone clapping in unison, and then it just cuts from that to her on a plane with a big trophy, but it doesn't say what happened like is this a five dollar trophy bought at kmart is this from the olympic games i don't know uh, yeah <laughs> it's, I, it's, I sort of feel like i mean okay given that our leader our leader desires that they be the best in the world i think we can probably assume that they've won that competition like an international competition and we're just sort of flashing forward a long way to her like triumphing at the olympics and coming home on a plane with a massive trophy it in her lap. Be. It certainly could be. That's, yeah, th that's the current theory in <laughs> theory Comrade the Kim Goes Flying Scholarship. <laughs> All right, so we're at work. Let's, get, let's, let's backtrack to the. Um, yeah, we're at the, the steel workers now. Because yep. they need, if now that they have suddenly decided that their, their construction brigade is going to compete in the workers' games. Yeah. They need equipment for training acrobatics. So oh, Yong Mi goes, yeah, goes to a steel foundry and asks him to make acrobatics equipment. The foreman first laughs and Comrade says they don't foreman. make things that Comrade small because, 
Yeah, this is North Korean heavy industry, and they just make yeah. big stuff. Yeah. And Yong Mi the, the way he laughs though, her for it. Yeah. But it kind of like and, the way he laughs, which is like she's like, he's like, ha 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 ha. Looks he's away. A, he's a big looks early man as well. He's like, we don't make equipment that small. We make heavy industrial <laughs> that equipment. That's so good. <laughs> oh, that was this this scene. The scenes in the film do get better and better as it goes on. It does build up a sense of self-confidence and and absurdity. Mm. But the foreman tells her that she ha- it's, also, it's like a video game. She has to arm wrestle the oldest steel worker and then the some youngest. young guy. <laughs> and then if she beats those two, the foreman will arm wrestle her. And if she wins all the arm wrestles, then he'll make her equipment. <laughs> and she goes to the oldest guy. And says, basically, just can you sign this document saying you lost? And he goes, oh, I'm really old. I don't care about winning anymore. And just signs it. Mm. And then the next guy demands that they arm wrestle. And he beats her. But also signs that she won. And (laughs) she she runs away and tosses her hat in the air because she's so pleased. And then this guy just says to himself that she's a lovely girl. (laughs) And the touch of her hand makes him happy to have lost. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what? Such confusing sexual dynamics in this in this thing. And like, and can I just say, like, she seems like an eight year old girl. Why are people infatuated She's with her? Remarkably childish. <laughs> I just like she's not. She's not unattractive, but I also wouldn't just lose my mind over her like many of the men who come across her seem to do and and i guess it's 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 made a little bit more difficult because like there's that sort of studious in there's that studious communist inattention to the body so they're always working Mm. like fucking workman's overalls and they may as well be wearing pajamas which sort of adds to the infantile sort of quality of it yeah 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 Mm. No, they definitely could have taken some more pointers from the West in terms of <laughs> serving up softcore pornography <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. form of a PG thirteen film. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so she goes. To, okay, so she takes the signatures to Comrade mm. Foreman, and then he's pretty. He's pretty surprised. I think it's fair to say. And then, but he he agrees. He agrees to arm wrestle her, and then, in the end, he lets her win too. But. So, like, he says to her, like, okay, you only have to get my arm down a little bit. If you'd like, you can use two hands. And then the arm wrestle starts, and I guess he's not really trying because the the mm. younger worker, who's a complete pussy, yeah, he beat her. He, he beat her easily. But then big burly foreman is, like, holding steady with her, like their arms aren't moving that much. And then... Is that when she starts using both hands and then he she lets starts her kicking win? him under the table? Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's a combined attack. A combined attack. Yeah. <laughs> like she has a particularly vicious looking like look on her face. Like she looks like yeah. this angry little monkey infant just like going at him <laughs> under the table. Yeah. Yeah. She does strike me as the sort of person. She is very infantile in her her moment-to-moment behavior, her public behavior, but yeah. behind closed doors, I'm sure she's absolutely vicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think but also, putting, like... Putting out cigarettes on people's faces. And... Yeah. I think, like, the main thing I would... This sort of reminds me of, like, Stephen... 
a friend of mine, Stephen, comparing um, like certain low IQ criminal types to like having the affect of like an of an animal. Where you just they're so capricious, <laughs> you don't know you don't know how their behavior is going to change at any one moment. And I sort of I sort of think Jong Mi is a bit like that. She's like a, a capricious little animal. She might start kicking you. You know, she might kiss you on the cheek, or she might kill you. Um, she's it's like a she's cat. A, she's unpretty. Yeah, she's like a cat. She's like, like a, you, could, you you could be patting a cat; it could look really, really happy, and then suddenly it just turns around and starts clawing your hand and try to bite you, then runs away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like that. But anyway, a, she wins the arm. She yeah. <laughs> wins the arm wrestling competition and starts crying, and then everyone starts crying and applauding, and he tells her that she's shown the strong spirit of our working class. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so then he he makes the equipment for them. Okay, so yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. the equipment. The workers at this construction site. Do we know other games? Other games they compete in. Are those like inter workplace games or intra workplace games? I like, have no idea what these. I wasn't games sure are. of the scale of this competition was meant to be. It was, or is this and we like also a... never see the games. <laughs> wait, but do you, wait, is it? When all the people right are watching, the end, I thought that that was just that's that was an not an audition, a uh, a practice run. Thought uh, they would do at the games. See, that's I think that's why I'm maybe that's because... maybe at the end when she's on the plane with the maybe trophy the that was games. from winning at the games or something. But uh, but I also thought at some point, like we see either a sign or it flashes across the screen to indicate that the games are taking place. I think that's why. Oh, really? I, well, I, I might, I, I'm, look, I'm, I just I'm very, that? I'm not very confident about, about my, um, about how the events unfold in this film. But like, I guess I came away with the impression, at least after the first one and 75% of the second viewing of this film, like I, I, I thought that the games were something separate from the final competition. And I thought that, she like comp- like she shows off how good she is in the workmen's games, and that's like a step on a part of a greater journey towards becoming part of the official national team. I presume that's very interesting theory. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Like this film is kind of this, hard to this follow. Film doesn't way. make certain certain chronological aspects. It makes of it impressionistic sense, if not. Yeah, like strict yeah. sense. Yeah, it's more <laughs> something to be experienced rather than intellectualized. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that mistake number one: decadent Western intellectual, pseudo intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> I do like too how uh, Jang Phil's mum interrogates him as to his relationship with Yong Mi, <laughs> and then threatens to beat him. And that's the <laughs> threatens to beat him. <laughs> threatens to beat him. Like she's a complete sexual tyrant. Yeah, oh, she really is. It's it's deeply Freudian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's not quite subtle enough to be Freudian. <laughs> it's <laughs> just... too too subtle to be Freudian. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then people in the, there's another scene that's quite good where people in Pyongyang are like rushing down the street, mm. and Jang Phil asks where they're going, and they say they're going to a construction site to see the acrobatics show. Oh, and then continue yeah. running down the street like children. And yeah. so Jane Phil goes to watch too. And the the construction brigade are doing 
their acrobatics performances and all of them are uh, some <laughs> in some way construction related like performed with bricks and things like that <laughs> and then young the me does something on a rope yeah. while while sub construction worker is playing a drum kit in the middle of a a work site yeah and see that that's why i thought it was the games i think like it seemed a little bit too flashy to just be a simple training exercise like i had a drum kit there wouldn't you have a drum kit at like the games themselves? but the drum kit was only present for a few moments and then the drum kit disappears and and this is where jang phil and his mum are both watching yong me do this this rope spinning trick or something and jang phil has his mouth hanging open (laughs) (laughs) jaw dropping good jang phil just can't stop thinking about yong me and eventually he decides he needs to go to the construction site and apologize to her yeah. so that she will she will fill in Ri Su Hyung's place because he's just decided that now Yong Mi, despite not ha- knowing how to do the trapeze, has the potential to be great at the trapeze. And in the entirety of North Korea, there is no other option. No one else could possibly do this, <laughs> no. only... Young like, me, but like there, are, we are shown other acrobats at the tryouts earlier. What happened to those? Yeah, who acrobats? are so much younger as well. Because <laughs> we'll we'll get to when Young Me is do, is in acrobat school, but it's her and a bunch of children. That's right, except she's like children. twice everyone's size. They're all like twelve year olds or something. <laughs> like, God, I forgot about that. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but. Jang Phil goes to the construction site to ask after Yong Mi, but Yong Mi has gone back to her village. And so Jang Phil also goes to Yong Mi's village, and this bit's so good. So there's a scene of Yong Mi happily driving some coal train underground. Yeah. Someone, someone really excitedly tells her that she has exceeded her daily quota by 120%. Mm. She juggles apples for everyone. Yeah. She tosses actually, an apple that she apples. was juggling. To one of she's, her comrades only, who takes a bite out of it and apples. then everyone laughs and applauds. <laughs> it's three apples as well. Like she's only juggling three apples. Like they're all losing their shit as she juggles three apples. Like, okay, I can't juggle at all, but like three apples is not like a lot. Mm. <laughs> like, and then she just tosses one and everyone's absolutely <laughs> beside themselves. Yeah. This this scene though in her her ancestral coal mining home is pivotally important for the plot because mm. Jang Phil follows her home. <laughs> he asks her to go to acrobatic school, I think, but she rejects him and says that her father doesn't approve and her place is as a coal miner. Mm. So then he follows her home <laughs> and her grand, Yong Mi's grandmother invites him in because he's handsome. Mm-hmm. And then Jang Phil's dad starts <laughs> drinking with no wait Yong Mi's dad starts yeah. drinking with Jang Phil and Yong Mi's dad is a proud coal miner who's good at drinking and Jang Phil uh... sucks at drinking yeah 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 wait, yeah, he, yeah. He, okay he sucks at drinking but we did earlier establish that he has taken to drink mm, after mm. the departure of his former acrobatic partner he's yeah, just not this very part good at drinking was somewhat confusing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And the father says, you'll need to to truly appreciate this film, you need to just accept a continuous present with only minimal reference to past events. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You need to, you need to, like, there's continuity in terms of. You need to, you need to apply that Stalinist mindset to people who have been disappeared. Yeah. Or to events that are no longer relevant, like Jangville previously being a piss pot and now not knowing how to drink. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, was it Yagodo or something? The guy who got disappeared by Stalin. This is the Yagodo of drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience can be relied upon to memory hole most of the <laughs> foregoing plot points. <laughs> I do like to that. Yong, the Yong Mi's dad tells Jang Phil that art is important, of course, but the true work of coal mining is more important. Mm. This is also where Yong Mi's dad. So during this film, he's repeatedly stated that he's resistant to the idea of Yong Mi doing acrobatics instead of coal mining. Mm-hmm. And so you first get Jang Phil telling Yong Mi's dad that she's so good and she should be a great acrobat. And then the circus party secretary, yeah, that's some right. woman that I've just never seen before, no. visits Yong Mi's house with a retinue of of other party secretaries, I guess, or party workers. Yeah, <laughs> and they all tell her dad that Yong Mi is really talented and she should be an acrobat. And <laughs> I do like this bit. Yong Mi's father says that he's not sure if he or a party bureaucrat is raising his daughter, and everyone laughs in unison. And says that the whole country is raising Yong Mi. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and now his her Which dad's is now on board. That's just a like he just, he's just suddenly fine with it. Yeah, like yeah. What yeah. what's that about? <laughs> like like these things, like they kind of make a little bit of sense if you don't really think about them, and then you actually pause and you're like, wait a minute, what does that even mean? What does that mean in the context of this film? Like, I, I understand know what the it, feeling behind it. Yeah, I, I, as a as a point of you know nationalist and communist propaganda, it sort of makes sense. But like, but why is he persuaded by that? I suppose any appeal to the greater authority of the nation is enough to persuade an honest coal worker. I guess if I were in North Korea and a party secretary flanked by other bureaucrats came to my house <laughs> yeah, and true. told me to do something, I would also acquiesce. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, that's true. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way of reading it. Like in the same way, there's mm. like there's like the text of like the, the, the there's the ostensible romantic text, and then there's the sinister Freudian um, incestuous subtext. Like the the text is like, oh, happy fathers, of course, happy that the nation is raising the child, but like the father would in fact be terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so young me. We now have a lot of montages of Yong Mi training <clears throat> with a bunch of children. Yeah. And it, so she, she's getting really good at acrobatics, of course. But it's also just funny seeing how much bigger she is than everyone else. Yeah. I was really she's surprised. A, she's a fully that. grown woman with a bunch of 12 year olds. Like, and it wasn't, I don't know. I was, I was sort of, I was a little bit perplexed by that. Like, because she is not meant to be old. Mm. Like, but then, like, like what, like, what age is Yong Mi meant to be? Like, but compared, she... compared to a prepubescent child, she looks yeah. very adult. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, I, I was sort of getting the impression that 
I don't know. She was maybe meant to be like 17, 18 or something. Mm. But I guess you have mm. to start training pretty darn early if you're going to be a North Korean acrobat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But then she she loses hope and she says it just, just really suddenly that she doesn't want to train anymore because she's tired. Yeah. And nice. she talks to Ri Soo Hyung about wanting to return to the coal mine. Mm. And she's given a pep talk about, I quote, there, there are things you don't realise. Our leader instructed that our circus should be the best in the world. He gave yeah. lots of advice to our circus and the artists. <laughs> and <laughs> having been told this, Young Me continues to train. <laughs> and I don't know when this happened, but suddenly everything seems to depend on Young Me continuing to train. And yeah. it's not clear what would happen so if she doesn't continue training then presumably the trapeze show won't be able to continue but it's unclear what the consequences of that would be so they they wouldn't be able to continue in what capacity what would the downsides of them not being able to continue be Mm. which competitions would they not be able to compete in there are a lot of unanswered questions perhaps most pressing of all is why is Yong Mi suddenly the central point She's like the in this, this acrobatics program? Yeah, like it, it, it goes it goes from like an underdog story, and like you know, this girl, you know, how could how could a coal miner from this background uh, become like graduate into the upper echelons of acrobatics, and then but like you sort of I, I feel like it's implied that there there would be like a lot of because, like, one part of the story has people ostensibly looking down on her from the lofty mm. heights of acrobatics professionalism. But then, like, she once she actually reaches those lofty heights, it becomes apparent that she is the entire show. The show can't yeah. go on without Young Me. She's that good. <laughs> She's, like... <sighs> okay. Yeah. I'm not going to try. Okay, how about, how about this? This is probably the high point of the... I was gonna say simmering, just room room temperature water over an unlit stove. Romance between yeah. Yongmi and Jang Phil. Yongmi has blisters on her hands. Jang Phil badges uh, bandages them, and I quote: "Catching these hands will be wonderful," he says to her, and then he gives her an apple. And then when he's walking away from her, he he bumps he his, his head, head on something, and everyone laughs at him because he's just. He's thinking about Young Me so much. Punch and drunk love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> there's a team dinner put on Jang Phil's mum, and then more shots of construction work, particularly welding this time. Some some really good welding shots. Wait, 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 wait. Can I ask a question? Was that welding directed towards like were they welding something in particular? Like why welding? It was just a lot of welding in this. Okay, so there's some sort of narrative consistency to each of these small vignettes of yeah. of industrial life. Vignettes this is one the right word for it. Was about welding. <laughs> and yeah. just a bunch of 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 brief videos of people welding stuff. I don't I don't know. <laughs> why it's there beyond the natural affinity for 
for activities like welding or mixing concrete. That maybe maybe these are maybe these are the bonds of love being <laughs> being wrought, being welded. Being yeah, welded. they could they could be a symbolic subtext to it. I <laughs> I just didn't pick up. <laughs> I guess since there there seems to be so little effort within the the plot of developing Yongmi and Jang Phil's romantic relationship, that maybe they're just relying on heavy industrial metaphors mm. for them being interested in each other, such as welding. I don't think there's is there a point throughout the entire film where she evidences any interest at all in in Phil Chang or Chang Phil, whatever his name is? Does she actually no. ever evidence any no. interest? No, she seems... No, she like she has the sexual interest of of a five year old, yeah. but she she's completely asexual. Yeah, she is completely asexual and somewhat as a capricious or cat <laughs> <laughs> like kicking the shit out of the guy under the table. And like... she really is a child, isn't she? Yeah, she's just like you'd say. I w- I would keep an eye on her. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I would keep an eye on her. Yeah, in case she just puts strychnine in your tea or something like that. She's she's feeling mischievous. (laughs) She's feeling mischievous. He cuts your head off at night. (laughs) She just decided to. She's not quite human. Yeah, she's vaguely threatening the more I think about it. Yeah, she is threatening. Mm. I found her a bit threatening. (laughs) Um, Anyway, mm. everyone from the coal mine. Oh, no. So... Yong Mi is now going to perform in, I think, a a rehearsal for their workers workers competition act, and yeah, yeah. and so she has two attempts at the, at the trapeze. So she's performing with Jang Phil, and she does the trapeze and falls. So she she does it badly, and everyone is disappointed. And the judges say that the trapeze act is not ready. And then, then, her dad appears in party uniform and tells her, we, the working class, never give up. And then her her coal mining friends appear and cheer on. And then she does the trapeze properly. And everyone cheers and claps in unison. And then it cuts to the plane where she's holding some sort of trophy. And then the film ends. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you you did a good job of summing that up because I like the abruptness of the, the abruptness. Like exactly. <laughs> it's like 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 there's a whole there's a whole lot of like the film I mean I'm not I'm I'm glad the film was not two hours long, but mm. I sort of got the impression like once it got to sixty minutes in the film, I'm like, how are they gonna wrap this up in twenty seven minutes? <laughs> it's, 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 and they do so very abruptly, and like there's no, there's not, there's no resolution at all to the apparent romantic storyline between um, no, Phil, Phil Chang and Phil Chang and Young Me. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's not merely the the climax that's that's abrupt. The build up is abrupt as well. Everything about the film is extremely <laughs> yeah, it's, abrupt. It's, it's an it's, abrupt film. <laughs> it's a very abrupt film. Maybe that was an artistic choice, which I found highly disorienting. 
but I just okay. So I know next to nothing about film, but I just feel like there needed to be some sort of connective tissue in yeah. here between <laughs> these sudden scenes. Yeah, it's um... however, however, if it were more competently made, I probably would have enjoyed it less because the scent, the the slightly alien sense of watching it is part of what made me enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. If it were it, a yeah. more conventional film, then it probably would have been a lot less fun. Yeah, that's true. Like it does involve a lot of sort of themes and motifs and scenes that like are at first blush recognizable to a regular human being. But then once you actually sort of think about it, like the setting is obviously fucking weird. The people are fucking weird. Jung Mi isn't really a human. She's like some kind of capricious child, vicious cat animal. And then you're like, like the romantic interest, like there's the fucking smoldering Freudian incestuousness between the mum and Phil Chang. And like, it's everything, everything is pretty off, but it's also like, it's not that threatening. Yeah, okay, let me put this no. way. It's more threatening if you think about it more. I think the character of Chong <laughs> Mi is pretty threatening. It's almost like a wax museum in that <laughs> when you first yeah. look at it, it looks like an everyday environment. But the more yeah. you look, the more the more off it is. Yeah. <laughs> or, if not a wax museum, that it feels like a reconstruction of what normal human beings do on a normal human being day. Yeah. By some sort of creature that has arrived on Earth fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and it's it's mostly it's most of the way there. It's it's ninety five percent of the way there. It's just that that five percent off makes the entire thing feel very alien. Maybe this is just life in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they watch this and see themselves maybe this is how they all behave maybe this is what life is like in north korea you don't do that much work you mostly just pursue the pet projects of someone who showed up on your building site a week ago (laughs) and before you know it you're juggling bricks for the denizens of pyongyang (laughs) i I can't contextualize this scene but there's there is there was a scene that sort of not even a scene a brief shot that stood out to me and I think it's, I think it's when, uh, who who's the guy who goes stumbling through all the circus acts? Is that the commander? Uh, uh, sock, sock gun. Sock, commander sock gun. sock gun. Do you remember the bit where, like, he's, I think it's before he stumbles onto the stage, but, like, he runs into a guy who's on stilts. Is this the guy on stilts? And <laughs> down at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's the film to me. Like, yeah, yeah it's just mystifying. It's completely like, again a hallucinatory How, quality. The conversation he has with the man is otherwise quite prosaic, besides <laughs> the fact that the man is on stilts. And then the man walks away in a very self-satisfied way on yeah. stilts. I don't know something about yeah it that does that does sum me. up the. The atmosphere, the, the feel, of yeah, film. the feel of it, because like something about the guy on stilts just reminded me of a vaguely threatening spider. I don't know, just mm. the way he sort of was looking down at him, and then he wanders off, and you're like, "Well, that's the film for you. That's <laughs> that's what we're watching." <laughs>
<laughs> it is but, unusual. Okay, so it's an unusual film. Would you recommend this film to others? I would say you would. <laughs> I certainly would recommend it. It's short. It can be found for free online if you're mm. if you're willing to stoop that low morally. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's, it's it's an exceptionally strange film. See, I gotta say, I I in I enjoyed I enjoyed the film. Well, in, like the way you put it, like as a series of like vaguely related, but on the whole separate vignettes. Like it's quite funny, mm. but watching the whole the whole film, like I, it felt a lot longer than eighty seven minutes to me. Like it was a, I was surprised that it was only eighty seven minutes. Yeah, it felt like a long film. <laughs> it didn't feel as long as Triumph of the Will. That was oh, interminable. No. I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't try to watch Triumph of the Will in one go. Like, I watched that in two sittings, and I was pretty darn bored by the end. Like, mm, I did watch mm. this in one, the first viewing I did at once, in one sitting. I would definitely recommend it to other people, but it's not, it didn't reach, it didn't reach the heights of pleasure that you get from, like, Wolf Warrior 2. But, like, Wolf Warrior 2 is No, Wolf much, Warrior 2 was exceptional, though. Yeah, that, that, a way that is a fantastic film. film. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a, that's a film that is it's a it's a competently made eighties action movie where you replace the American Cold War chauvinism with Chinese Cold War two point zero chauvinism. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Whereas this is this is fun because it's just kind of bizarre. Yeah, Wolf Warrior Two is a real movie. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I would say I would. I'm. I wasn't so put off that I wouldn't watch another one of these films from this bizarre mm. production company. Um, I don't like. Okay, I'm not going to. After recording this podcast, I'm not going to rush off and watch the final twenty-seven minutes again. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> but um, I don't need to see the denouement. Yeah. No. I mean, once is enough. <laughs> but. No, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Are there any? I don't feel like we've missed anything great, but like it's sort of hard. No. I, hope, I hope we've conveyed an impression, or yeah, you know, some of the atmosphere of what makes this film um, interesting. But it's definitely. I worth think watching. we have. I think we've we've painted a picture of the atmosphere of Comrade Kim goes <laughs> flying. I, I think there's just particular images that disturb me, like. The guy looking down on the stilts disturbs me. Whatever that guy, whatever that guy was doing, going to the kindergarten with those stuffed animals in the back, that sort of disturbed me. Mm. Are there any like great other great images that flash out to you? Just like those particularly jarring sort of images. For for me, it's the relationship between Jang Phil and his mum, particularly how they're introduced. Yeah, is is. What sticks out to me, the her scolding him over drinking, him picking her up and spinning her around and slamming her down on the couch and her then threatening to spank him. I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really coloured the rest of the movie for me. Because <laughs> like, like you've got so much sexual tension there and then yeah. so They should little... have gone in that direction. Yeah, there's so little, there's not even a hint that Jong Mi is a sexual being, so like, mm. and like maybe Where it was Jang Phil's mum clearly is. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. She can't keep her mind of it. Um, but uh, I think may, like maybe we were misled by the promotional literature that asserted that it was a romantic comedy. Mm. Like, is there anything in the film itself? We know that. Okay, we know that um, Phil Chang or Chang Phil or whatever his name is. We know that he admires Yong Mi, but does he admire mm. her? Does he come to admire her in any sense that is fundamentally different from how he admired the previous trapeze artist? Like, is it is it, like I could see it being a purely professional, almost platonic love, and like, well, we don't know what Risu Hyung and. Jane yeah, Phil that's true. Were doing, we don't know if they ever had to share a hotel room when they were <laughs> touring their trapeze show. I yeah. think he does express more than a professional admiration for Yong Mi when when he says that he the her hands will be really nice to catch. I think that is very subtly saying that his he hopes the relationship with her will be more than professional, but it's it's very subtle. <laughs> Yeah, but like to me, it's to a me, stretch to call this a romantic comedy. But to me, that is almost um, that's that's almost of a piece with the young worker who touches, you know, young me's that's hand. That's true. That's true. And like I get again okay, the impression. Bear with me. The impression that I got was more. It had the feeling of like you know that passage in Edmund Burke where he's describing what like the the admiration that all feeling British men would have for Marie Antoinette. Mm, you know mm, like mm. Uh, it's more of like that chivalric distant love rather than a romantic love hmm so that there, there, there are deeper themes to this film then <laughs> with the nature of love <laughs> the various types of love as demonstrated by jang phil young man jang phil's mum yeah yeah i mean look yeah but as you say like um Jang Phil's mum, that's a very real, earthy sexual passion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which love dynamic is more disturbing. Like, I think the more you think about it, the more, I don't know. Yeah, but the incest or the maybe, maybe not romantic interest in the childlike automaton <laughs> of young me. <laughs> childlike automaton. All right. Um, I think that's as good a place as any. I don't have much more to say. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. And I should probably go back and attend to my child. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you.